0: And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA, this is Tim here once again with episode 212 of the World of Mythbits. And in today's episode, we get to explore the darkness. We get to explore the dark, the fun, a little bit more. But first, um, just a couple of things uh, housekeeping-wise from our wonderful CEO, uh, Steph. Just delving into the, the Secret Archive of, uh, Facebook personal messaging. He, he Um, so, we've got here just a couple of things. Uh, Cliff's book has been delayed by a week. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why, but I've checked with Steph, uh, and she believes that that shouldn't affect any of the other scheduled publications. Which is cool. So hopefully Cliff's book will be back on deck and out very, very soon. Uh, I'm not sure when Walter's live author event will, uh, will actually occur. That, uh, was unfortunately postponed due to technical difficulties. I think they're trying to get their heads around how, um, we can do it and record it, um, yeah, I don't know. That's right. But hopefully that's something that is uh, on the cusp, on the, uh, the very near future, uh, that that will occur. Uh, and also, Steph wanted everybody to know as well that the 2023 Open Contract Challenge is starting in March. So by the time this goes to air, we will be in March. Uh, so make sure that you've got your thinking caps on. Make sure that you've got your stories, your submissions ready to go the open contract challenge is a brilliant and wonderful opportunity uh i'm sure cliff uh i'm sure that um jim um or peggy all sorts of wonderful winners and second place getters and uh, and third place getters um over the years uh have uh are, um, more than happy to, uh, to vouch for, uh, the wonderful opportunity that this competition is. So make sure, make sure you get those thinking caps on. Make sure that you get your entries in. Uh, I know I'm working on something too. So, uh, yeah, my fingers are definitely crossed that, uh, that I'll, uh, I'll place a, a first, second or third, uh, get a bit further than I think, um, one year, uh, not last year, but maybe 2021. Uh, or 2020, 2021 perhaps. Um, I ended up in the third round, I'm pretty sure with my, um, application, my, um, what I put in for open contract challenge, which, yeah, it was kind of cool to sort of make it step by step and, uh, and get that far. So, uh, fingers crossed I'll make it a bit further this year with, uh, what I've got up my sleeve so um the dark uh venturing into the darkness and what i mean by the darkness uh what i found with my writing is um over the years i uh i was in very much in the uh the fantasy genre realm um love reading fantasy books love playing fantasy pc games um Love playing Dungeons and Dragons, um, and a lot of my writing was, uh, medieval slash fantasy based, uh, dungeon, uh, adventures and character generation, uh, background stories and, uh, and that sort of thing. I never really considered myself a, a, a writer, uh, like I, I do now. The, um, the opportunities to write and to publish and to share, uh, was nothing like what it is now. Like back in the, um, the mid nineties, late nineties, uh, when the internet was just a thing, uh, sort of like, uh, you in know, its infantile form, uh, and it was just being released to, uh, to the eager public with the dial-up, the screech. <coughs> That, that sort of noise you would get when you were connecting to the rest of the world. Um, the, um, yeah, the, um, the dawn of, uh, social media, I guess, uh, and online opportunities. It's uh, like nothing compared to what it's like today. And that's like scary for me as a parent with my children growing up in that sort of environment. But as a writer, as a poet, uh, and as a creator, it's a, uh, like a wonderland of opportunity. It's, uh, it's brilliant. It's amazing. Um, and what I've found since 2018, where my, uh, like I stumbled across Australian Writers Center and their, um, Furious Fiction, uh, their Friday afternoon competition, like bang out a 500 word story. Um over the weekend uh what I was finding is my mind had to leap out of that fantasy box I'd sort of placed myself in, and I had to create more general fiction or I had to create um maybe a detective scene or um. I I've recently seen something like the movie Boondock Saints or that sort of thing and so that's that Irish um the um American uh gangster um that type of idea was uh, was sort of flowing through my head or um maybe um something uh jackie brown or um something else quentin tarantino-ish sort of was uh was maybe floating through uh through my head uh and yeah sort of um the more opportunities like the more i was writing outside of that fantasy genre the more opportunities that seemed to pop up um the more, um, indie publishers I sort of stumbled across or I saw friends, like writer friends posting about, uh, an anthology that they got a story or a poem in and you'd sort of, you'd congratulate them, of course, uh, and encourage them. Uh, it's very important, but then you'd also go on to do your own little bit of research and say, and think to yourself, hmm, I'll have a look at that, uh, that publishing company, what next call they've got coming out is that something that I think I can be involved in or or I've got my own ideas about um about Ravens or the beach or um what I have for tea or uh, I could write a poem about the flowers in my garden or uh but there's yeah there's there's all sorts of weird and wonderful opportunities out there uh and what I found with uh, a couple of the um publishing companies like indie companies Uh, especially dark myth. Um, they seem to like my, uh, twisted stuff, the stuff where somebody dies or the dark stuff or, um, maybe something, uh, fantasy, but demonic in a way or, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really surprised at how much I'm enjoying it. But then I've got to look back on growing up and how scared I was and many of us probably were of the dark, uh, of the night. You wanted the passage light on so that, and the door open a crack so that yes, the, the bedroom was dark, but the world outside was that little bit light or, um, having a night light. Um, I know my, my daughter still enjoys like she made a night light for herself at school. Which is, uh, very cool, very creative, very clever. Um, and she did a fantastic job. It glows blue. So like it's not a bright light. Um, and it's, uh, shaped like a red panda because she loves red pandas. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, we've got, we've got that, that fear, but that interest in what's in the dark. But then going back to um, days when I would catch up with my um, my cousins um, here in my Bridge. I've got the auntie auntie and uncle that live here, uh, and they were a family. They were over the river, which was quite exciting to sort of um, head across the bridge, either by car or walking or riding or um, whatever it was that we decided to do. They were about probably. In my younger teenage years, I was probably about a 20 minute brisk walk, which included going over the, the, the car bridge. Um, but of course there was like a, a walking path to the side that pedestrians could use. So it was safe, but, um, we would all, we would regularly pop over to, um, it would like the canards would come over to see us or so we would go over to see them. Uh they had a great two story home that uh I think their dad had built the second story on. I'm not hundred percent sure. But anyway, um the upstairs section had like there was my uh oldest um or the like the oldest cousin between the laws and the canards. Um Shell her bedroom was right down the end of the upstairs passage and then you would go all the way along. Um there would be um Jochen's room, um Bill Billy's room, and then um Hobbit's room uh and then um Arnie Nell Nelly and Uncle Jim's room. Sort of uh they'd be facing each other, um, and then the passage, yeah, the passage would sort of run along and it w- w- maybe to be would you say six meters, maybe seven meters long this passage with all the doorways on and then of course there was so where Shell's room sort of entered straight into the passage, off to the side was the upstairs bathroom as well and so you sort of had like a dog leg type thing uh and then there was a um like a s- section um where there was no wall and then it would sort of come down to the stairs um that led down to the the bottom floor uh, where there was the kitchen the lounge and uh and the dining and that sort of thing um and then there was also the door to the outside balcony, which was at the, uh, at the top there as well. Um, that was near where the stairs sort of went down. But my point is what we would play when we gathered as kids. Um, there was four of them and three of us, me and my two brothers, um, Yoshi, um, and Steve and We would all play the passage game. And the passage game basically was turn all the lights out. So the, um, everything's gone dark because we would stay at their place. Like we'd have tea, um, we'd, we'd run amok. We'd, uh, we'd have good fun, maybe play some cricket out in the backyard. Um, uh, and then in the end it would get dark and in we would come. And we'd be bored and we'd be looking for something to do and we didn't have Netflix, we didn't have anything like that. We could uh whack on a video or we could whack on the TV and sort of see what was on or play some CDs. Uh my uncle had um the uh the local music shop, so there were always new CDs, new vinyl records to sort of try out and that sort of thing. Um we'd get ourselves hyped up on uh Soda Stream, the uh the wonderful soda stream was like a, a cheap version of uh of soft drinks. You could sort of turn rainwater um, into Coca-Cola or uh raspberry or um orange fanta or that sort of thing. I mean they were generic brand versions of those those soft drinks, but we would like it was amazing that my auntie and uncle had a soda stream. And so there was like n- un- no end to the-, the number of soft drinks that you could sort of create. And so we'd be hyped up on sugar on these, these soft drinks that we were making. We'd add extra, um, extra stuff to the water. Um, and yeah, so we, we basically, we'd be bored. We'd be looking for something to do. Uh, and once the lo- once the sun went down, it got really dark. In that top section of the house. So it was perfect. Absolutely perfect. You could play the passage game. And so basically we'd have the poor person that was, uh, was it. They'd start at the end of the passage where, um, the doors opened to my auntie and uncle's bedroom and to their younger sons, to Hoggett's bedroom, um, opposite sides of, um, of the um, of the passage, and all the lights would be out, and you'd be blindfolded, whether it was like a um, a sleeping mask or, uh, or that sort of thing, but it' would be dead pitch black, so you you couldn't really see anything anyway uh, and you would literally be attacked by pillows, by um, mattresses like we might be sleeping over. Um, my mom and dad sort of dropped us off maybe and um, so there'd be mattresses on the floor um, there'd be sleeping bags out or there'd be sleeping bags ready to go out um, we had like the thunder fist so you would actually get like a rolled up sleeping bag and then you would stick your fist inside the rolled up sleeping bag and it would act like a giant boxing glove so you'd have one of those or two of those or you might be swinging like a, um, a battering ram. You might be swinging, um, your sleeping bag by its string, uh, and you'd get some, some good momentum, uh, and this poor person that was it would sort of be stumbling through the dark with the blindfold on, getting whacked from all sides. Um, so there was the, the fear of the dark and the fear of what was to, to sort of come out of the dark, but also there was the fun, the silliness. You might sort of feel your way along the passage and go, okay, here's an opening to, um, to a bedroom. Someone's going to jump out. Something's going to happen to me. And then it might be that no, the, the person's actually, um, ducked down in front of you in sort of like a ball. Um, uh, but you weren't allowed to trip the person over. So the person that was sort of ducked down, hiding in, in plain sight, um, would then sort of as you were feeling and waiting and sort of stepping back, they'd come up with the um the pillow or sleeping bag or and sort of like boom and then boom in would come like a, a heavy hit or something and you'd sort of stumble backwards. And then you've passed another doorway on your way through and there'd be somebody behind you that sort of popped out and uh and slammed a a sleeping bag into the back of your head or something. Um I'm amazed that I've got any brain cells left at all the uh the fun that we had uh and the number of times that we played the passage game. But it did create that excitement um and that terror regarding the dark. Uh and I I mean great um classic ghost stories and um stories of witches and possessions and uh and that sort of thing. Uh I mean Growing up, you do hear them around the campfire and you do hear them like um we might catch up for uh, for Halloween with friends and family or for um for like with cousins or or that sort of thing um, yeah basically the you you sort of you you learn about the classics and you you uh, you read uh haunted tales and uh and now. As a writer and as a reviewer of, um, the World of Myth magazine each month, um, I get the, uh, the thrill of reading about these strange creatures and these horrific, um, things that, that happen to, uh, to other people, whether they're sort of based on true stories or whether they're, uh, they're sort of, uh, completely fictional um pulled out of the twisted mind of uh of a wonderful and and talented storyteller um and right here of course uh i'm talking to you lisa uh i'm talking to you dawn um steph you uh you create some uh some wonderful strange monstrous um heroes and villains um I like to think I, uh, I don't do a too bad job myself. Um, one of the greatest compliments that Steph has, uh, has actually ever given me. Um, she turned around with, uh, one of my latest submissions, um, that I sent through and it still makes me smile now thinking about her exact words. Yes, your story is in. You do dark very well. And I thought, why thank you going from, uh, a young boy that would dream only of princes and princesses and uh and wizards and knights um and uh the uh the dragons always being vanquished and the monsters uh always being destroyed. Um one thing that uh that Dungeons and Dragons, uh playing Dungeons and Dragons um, I really, really, really loved taking on the, the paladin role, that holy knight, that one, that uh, that character that looks for the good in uh, in everyone, um, and is is so trusting, but has that might of the gods behind them. That should uh, should justice need to be done, should there be any smiting required, um, should you wish for uh, for your undead to be turned. Then, uh, then my character was, uh, was usually the one that, uh, that got that job. But we had one adventure where, um, my character was, uh, was sent towards, um, an army of goblins that we'd discovered. And my character thought, Hey, or I thought for my character, Hey, here is a great opportunity for, uh, for us to do good, uh, to befriend the so called monstrosities um and uh i uh my character bravely ventured into the uh the nest of uh of the goblins um and literally made peace with them um uh, my roles were that good uh my role playing was pretty uh pretty epic if I say so myself um and uh i uh i was most pleased to discover that the uh, the goblins turned out to be actually quite friendly towards my character but all of that very swiftly changed unfortunately when the rest of the party came over the rise with weapons out um spells at the ready uh and basically massacred these poor goblins that were completely unsuspecting uh quite the attack which my character uh, and me were completely unsuspecting as well. Um and uh it's great down the track, my friend uh when he was at university actually um a uh yeah tip, tip of the hat to you uh Aaron mate uh he actually played a paladin in a uh D group that he was in at university and uh he basically spent the whole time playing this character going, what would Tim do? And, um, things did work out a little bit differently for him and for his character to the point where there was a plaque made up, I believe, which stated, um, the very words of goblins are people too. That was the, um, the thing that came out of that adventure that he played and the character that he played, uh, in that adventure. And, uh, I am pleased as punch to be able to spread that. Um, and what gives me a, uh, a giggle and an even broader smile is that one of my favorite authors, or well, my favorite author of all time, um, the late Sir Terry Pratchett actually produced a, um, a novel. Ah. I can't remember. It's one of the Discworld series, a later Discworld series novel uh, in which the premise seems to be that goblins are people too and that they're not second-class or third-class citizens, that they should be treated the same. Um, they should be on level pegging with the the gnomes and the dwarves and the humans and the elves and the... Oh, well, I mean, practice elves are... Uh, a a completely different kettle of fish um i think he did elves incredibly well the uh the whole haughtiness the whole i'm better than you are um that yeah that went to the absolute utter extreme um and it was done yeah extremely well but yeah the way that he actually sort of waded into that whole concept of goblins are people too um i think was brilliant completely and utterly brilliant but anyway back to the darkness back to um delving into uh, that place where as a child i would have feared to tread Uh, but as an adult uh, i seem to be venturing quite often to the point where every now and again uh I have to submit something whether it's to the world of myth um or whether it's to somewhere else that is a little bit comical or uh a little bit heartfelt um uh and I I need to sort of reset my uh my writer's compass but um yeah I I just keep keep on coming back to um to that darkness uh because it's a fun space to play and it's not a normal space where i would like i don't think too many of us do but in our everyday lives it's not somewhere that we uh we are regularly allowed to explore or regularly do explore um it's Yeah, of course. It is, um, the, uh, sort of the taboo area. You, you really have to be, um, a, a citizen of society that dwells on the outskirts to, uh, to really be allowed to sort of dabble in that space in your, uh, in your everyday life. Uh, and, I mean, if you sort of step beyond that dabbling, then you get into trouble. Then the laws say, no, that behavior is not acceptable and you need to be punished and you need to be taught where the line is and to take a few steps back from the line or a few giant leaps back from the line uh, and come join the rest of us. Um And I'm, I'm happy to be one of the rest of us Sort of throughout my, uh, my daily life. Um, but I'm thrilled that I'm able to, uh, to sort of dabble in the, uh, in the writer's realm, uh, in these darker corners and even to step beyond what is normally, uh, acceptable. Um, it's wonderful that there is an audience out there that, uh, that is happy to, uh, to delve into the darkness along with me, uh, and so many other wonderful, talented, amazing, uh, writers, um, and illustrators and, uh, poets and, uh, and such creators. There's plenty of opportunity for the light. Uh, there's plenty of opportunity for the dark. Uh, and there's also, um, wonderful opportunity for the gray, those that sort of sit in that, that middle area, um, sort of, running that that fine line between what is too light and what is too dark. Um there's yeah, plenty, plenty of opportunity for um writing and uh and uh and reading in uh those sort of general areas uh as well. And it's great. It's wonderful that um that we have so much opportunity for all of us, regardless of what you want to write. Regardless of who you are, uh, how you feel, um, what your talent is, there's always, uh, a space for, uh, for everything and everyone. Um, uh, what I love too is there's, um, there's opportunity for, uh, for the short, the long, the middle, um, even with dark myth publishing, with the world of myth magazine. It's, uh, it's great that, um, we have the travel and flash section. It's great that we have a section for longer stories, like the 1500 word stories, the, um, up to 3000 word stories. And then even beyond the 3000 word stories, you can chapterize, you can serialize your story as well. Um, and. Yeah, what I'm loving, uh, what I'm loving is, um, and, uh, is making me, uh, me smirk as well, is that, um, Looper's actually picking my, uh, what I'm trying to sort of do as a Cthulhu slash fantasy. Um, it's, that's, that's sort of, uh, what she has earmarked as my children's. So, uh, I've gotta, I've gotta be careful. That, um, when I'm sort of venturing down that path, when I'm, uh, when I'm writing a, a bee story or a bull story or, uh, or a dove story or, uh, or that sort of thing, I, uh, I need to make sure that I'm careful enough to not go too gory or not get into too many dark details, um, as I'm writing that particular one. The stuff that I do for my, um, Payetra's tale, um, that's more the fantasy realm as well. So I can't really be too dark with, uh, with that either, but there's still plenty of wonderful, wonderful opportunities. Should, uh, an idea, sick, twisted, uh, sick, sick, wonderfully twisted idea sort of pop into my mind, I can sort of tap it out, um, I can tweak it. Uh I I can sort of hint at more darkness or uh I can sort of take some of the darkness away. Um uh but I know that uh that it'll have a home in uh in the world of myth and um yeah, hopefully there are a lot of readers that'll be keen uh keen to read it as well. So I wonder what other people's experiences with darkness i know um some people have actually had real life terror stories and to be able to write from that realm of reality uh i think is some um, i don't know if it's right to be envious of that I think it's it's amazing that you're able to sort of reach into that past um, that that personal terror uh, and to be able to bring out some really interesting stories um, but at the same time, uh, some of the stories that I've heard people share. Uh, in my role as like a, um, domestic violence awareness group member in our local community. Um, so we would run different events and we would have victims, survivors actually come out, uh, and they would speak and they would share their stories, um, or they would just be there bravely, uh, supporting um, other victims, uh, other survivors. And, and I think as well, it's wonderful that, um, that we've been able to bring to a lot of these events, the, um, young children's primary age students. There's a lot happening, um, trying to prevent the next generation from turning into carbon copy of the generation before. And I think that's excellent. I think that's a great place to start. If we can s- stop the, the blind acceptance of, uh, of that type of behavior at a very early age, then those children that will mature into teens and then adults will tend not to automatically do bad things. That, that's what, that's what the, the idea, I think, is of what they're, uh, what they're trying to do. And we won't really see if it's worked or not until 10 years time, 20 years time, um, that sort of thing. And I mean, there are still kids, unfortunately, that will witness that type of behavior or be exposed to that type of behavior. That type of behavior will happen to them, unfortunately, um, and hopefully, it's an opportunity for them to report earlier for things to change, uh, for their, their lives to change for the better. But you, you don't know. Uh, we can only we can only hope. I can only hope that what we are doing will make a positive change, uh, positive change to individuals' lives but also a positive change to communities as a whole. And I think it's incredible. It's amazing that some people are brave enough to actually share their stories. Some people are brave enough to use their experiences to create stories of their own. It's... it's a a way to bring awareness i think um yeah hopefully hopefully it works um, but at the end of the day um uh, we're getting some great stories uh we're getting some uh great support for these authors as well um and I think it's um yeah i th- I think it can be considered a positive thing definitely so i wonder yeah the those those of us that do like to write those terrifying stories those horror stories um where do you get your inspiration from um I would love it if you could add comments to uh to the bottom of the Facebook um uh, link to the podcast. Uh and hopefully I'll get the opportunity to sort of uh pop in there before we move on to episode two hundred and thirteen of The World of Mythbits. Um and yeah, hopefully we can sort of review and discuss um and sort of broad like extend this topic. Uh because the darkness is an interesting place to gather ideas. The darkness is an interesting place to um to be inspired. But I for one am finding it such a contrast to my real life and such a contrast to my previous writing style. Um, like writing my, my genre of choice. Um, and yeah, it, it sort of brings that wicked laugh and it brings that, uh, that, um, cheeky grin, uh, from, uh, from deep down inside of me. So I still like fantasy. I still like, and I like general fiction as well. Uh, and I'm starting to enjoy, like, the occasional detective. Like, we've, we've been watching, um, Midsommar Murders and we've been watching, um, the new show, uh, on, uh, one of the streaming services called Pokerface. Um, yeah, there's, <coughs> oh, excuse me, there's, uh, a lot of, uh, great crime drama um good girls um is another one that uh that we've really really enjoyed yeah there's um there's some great series uh to to sort of inspire um and then yeah there have been like movies that i've sort of watched that uh that have sort of stuck in my head and uh that sort of thing yeah it's um there's a lot of a lot of influence um so it's probably no surprise to me that the the darkness does bubble out uh but it's probably surprising to me the the number of times that it's bubbled out bubbled over and um the successes that I've been having in that sort of uh that sort of genre i uh i always consider myself the altar boy the the paladin um the um the librarian that, uh, that loves and gets, uh, pure and utter joy out of sitting down on the floor and, uh, and reading stories to young families and reading stories to children and, uh, and that sort of thing. It's, um, yeah, that, uh, that sort of gives me that, that glow, that, uh, that real feeling of, uh, of wonderment. Um, is the same guy that can, uh, Sort of write a story about blood dripping from the the roof of a cabin or um or uh a serial killer that sneaks up on a car at night that's filled with two young uh has inside it two young lovers or um that sort of thing yes, it's um quite the contrast uh. And yet, um I believe that, uh, that both, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, I suppose, are me. Uh, I, uh, I'm learning to, uh, to love, I'm well, not even learning to love, I've, I've probably loved all along both, uh, both my Jekyll side, uh, and my Hyde side. Um and, uh, of course, the wonderful board games that I get to play with my brother-in-law, uh, Ben. There's, uh, there's great opportunities there too. There's the, uh, the, the dabble in, uh, in the darkness, um, whether it's Jack the Ripper or, uh, Cthulhu, the, um, HP Lovecraft type stuff or, um, something more sci-fi, um, like Spectre Ops. So that's, that's not really so, uh, there's, there's kind of, um, there's the, the, The good guys and bad guys in that, uh, and the espionage and, uh, and that sort of thing. There's some, yeah, the, a a lot of wonderful influences, um, and then the competitive nature of the, um, the board games as well. That sort of brings out, uh, my, uh, as a Cancerian, there's my jealous streak. Um, so that, that's sort of, that's a, uh, an element of darkness as well that uh that I can sort of tap into uh every once in a while you want to sort of try and keep it out of your everyday life, but um when it comes to uh to writing stories of particular genres it uh it can come come in quite handy so yes the um the darkness the the realm of darkness for us writers is uh yeah perhaps a uh a fun place for at least some of us many of us to uh to dabble and, and delve. Um, so yeah, I would be keen to know what you think as well. You uh you may not like writing about the dark and writing in the dark. Um, you may uh prefer the uh, the light, the love, the uh the romantic um, and that's okay too. The the wonderful thing about publishing opportunities these days is that there is a space. There is somewhere for everyone to send what it is, whatever it is that they create. Um, whatever it is that you are interested in doing, uh, and whatever it is that you are interested in sharing, there is a place for it somewhere. And that's what I love. I love the fact that there are so many independent publishers, uh, and wonderful bookstores, um, that are willing to, uh, to share these, uh, these wonderful and, uh, and amazing stories. Um, yes, the, there is a place for everything, uh, and a space for everyone. And that is what gives me great pleasure and great joy. So thank you one and all for tuning in once again. Uh, and, um, spending some time with me uh, just sort of vaguely wandering uh, the dark corridors of the Passage game, waiting for um, that great big sleeping bag to uh, to wallop us, uh, whether it's in the head or whether it's in the stomach or uh, wherever it is. And then, of course, as you sort of struggle to get to the end, it's a metaphor for life. I guess as you struggle to get to the end, um, and you're able to uh, to whack the light on in uh, in Shell's bedroom um, and rip that blindfold off. May uh, may you make it um, every single time, uh, and may you not fear the uh, the creaks in the floor uh, as you're wandering along that passage of life, only to discover. That the uh, the soft footfalls are actually your own. Farewell for now. Until next time. This is Tim signing off from SA.